0: Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Let's get into the Word today. We've got our final installment of Spirit Lead Me. And uh, our next series is called Not Alone. And we're going to talk three weeks on loneliness, how to deal with loneliness in the season, not alone uh, for the last three weeks in April. It's going to be fantastic. But we're going to finalize our series today. And we're going to be talking uh, just kind of, I want to bring a, a thought to a simple thought, but an encouraging thought for you, Uh, on what the whole point of this journey is of being led by the Spirit. And often the goal of being led by the Spirit, the goal, the objective that God wants for our lives is to experience the freedom that God wants for us. There's a life that God intended us to live, a life of freedom that God wants us to have. And so God uh, being led by the spirit means that you and I get to experience the freedom and we were set free to be who he's called us to be, amen? And we wanna experience this supernatural freedom and the whole purpose of being a follower of Jesus Christ is to experience this freedom. Let's read our key text today as we end this time together in the book of Galatians chapter five, verse one. It is for freedom. Freedom. come on, somebody say freedom. freedom. For the Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again. So that's something you and I can do. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. But those who belong to Christ Jesus, and I don't really like this verse, but it is what it is, have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. The purpose of being led by the Spirit and the purpose of being led by God's voice and the purpose of following after him as a you and I will experience the freedom that God intended for our lives. He wants us to experience freedom, but I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm not going to lie to you today. The truth is this, freedom has a cost. There is a cost for, for you and I to experience the freedom that God has for us. And what we've been talking about over the last four weeks is that the, the idea of this sinful nature is the Greek word sarx, S-A-R-X. That word ultimately means self. And that when you and I are led by ourself, we have two options. We can be led by ourself, which initially feels like freedom, but ultimately leads to bondage. Or we can be led by the Spirit, which at start feels a little bit like bondage because you can't do the things that ultimately you want to do. But in the end, it leads to freedom in your life. And so we realize that there there is two options here in the Scripture. I can be led by self or I can be led by my Spirit. And at the end of the day, I want to experience the freedom that God has for me, but this cost requires you and I to crucify our passions and our desires, as the scripture says, to crucify those passions and desires so that you and I can be led by the Spirit. And I don't know about you, but the idea of crucifying my passions and desires sounds pretty brutal. It sounds difficult and it sounds hard and it sounds challenging. Why? Because we love our selfish, sinful passions and desires. We love our desires. We love our passions. I'm just gonna speak for myself, but if I did not have the, the Holy Spirit and I did not have God's word in my life, I would be giving in to my selfish desires all day long. Why? Because that's my natural bent towards pursuing after myself, to serving myself to doing what I want and how I want it to be done and what I want to fulfill my desire and what I want to to satisfy this area of my life. If I didn't have the Holy Spirit and I didn't have the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ in my life, I would be hell-bent. I would just be living all sorts of life because our passions and our desires, they naturally are things that you and I want to pursue with our lives, yet we have to learn that we have to Crucify those desires, and what happens is, is that if we are led by ourselves, we begin to cultivate these fruits of the flesh that Andrew talked about two weeks ago. And he talked about these long litany of, of lists of things that happen that when my flesh begins to, uh, I begin to pursue myself, my fleshly nature, it begins to cultivate all sorts of things in my life. And maybe it's a, uh, unhealthy relationships or maybe it's unhealthy habits or maybe it's, a, you know, uh, as the scripture says in the message, cheap sex or parodies of, 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 of conceited pridefulness. Or uh, My life, when I continue to be led by myself, it leads me to cultivate all all sorts of fruits in my life. And when I start pursuing those things of my flesh, it feels good in the moment, just for a moment, just for a second. There is satisfaction when I give into my pride or you give into your desires or you give into your want. There's just a moment of satisfaction that you feel in that one moment when I pursue my own self-interest. It satisfies me, but ultimately it leads Wow. and every single time I pursue myself, and uh, what happens is, is that, is that over time, that's when we begin to give in to really an overconsumption in life. We overconsume whether you're spending too much money or you're maybe it's a sexual sin or maybe it's a unhealthy relationship or over drinking or overeating or drug use. Whatever it is, we start to feel so ashamed and alone and broken and disconnected. And we know that the only time I can ever feel a bit of satisfaction is when I when I go do these things that give me a moment of satisfaction. But then it leaves me feeling hopeless and broken and disconnected and far from God and far from community and shame-filled and I feel guilty and I, I don't know what the feeling is. I just feel icky is all I can describe. I just feel, ugh, like I don't feel like I am connected to anyone and in, in, in God himself. I feel disconnected and I feel separated and, and all of a sudden I start giving myself over to these things and it starts to cultivate these fruits in my life. And what's hard is, is I have to crucify that sinful nature. Now, here's the challenge: is that is that when I said, "Okay, I'm gonna crucify my sinful nature," I'm gonna I'm going no longer be followed by myself. I'm gonna be now. I'm gonna choose to to crucify my passions and my desires, and I'm gonna be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna be led by the Holy Spirit. This causes a problem because I wanted to pursue my own interests and now I'm pursuing the interests of God. And what's happening is is there's a conflict between those two things. And now I feel like God's asking me to often do things that gosh, I I wanna continue to do this pattern of thinking or I wanna continue to act like this or I wanna continue to talk like this or I wanna continue to watch these things or I wanna continue to engage in this way. And now I feel like I'm no longer in control. It's because you're not. You are no longer in control. You've relinquished all control to the Spirit. And when you start that journey, it feels a little bit like bondage. It's not bondage. It ultimately leads to freedom. But at first you feel like your control that you once had is no longer there for you. You no longer have the control you used to have. You've now given that control over to the Spirit. This is what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 8, 9, he says, But if you are not controlled by your sin, you are not controlled by your sinful nature, you are controlled. Now, not doing weird stuff and acting, uh, you know, bodily weird and doing weird things. This is, you're controlled by the Spirit in your emotions and in your thinking and in your soul and in your heart. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. And so we see here that, that what happens is that you and I begin to experience a sacrificing of our sinful passions and desires. And if we're not careful, we can become followers of Jesus. But if we don't sacrifice and crucify those, those desires and passions that are driven by self, the Bible says that you can slip back into the yoke of slavery. You can go, you can, you can be a follower of God, but in your heart, you're you're not crucifying those, those passions and desires and following after the Spirit. And when you follow after the spirit, what happens is is that he begins to ask you to do things that is a little bit outside your comfort zone. He starts to ask you to step forward in steps of faith. And maybe there's an unhealthy relationship. He says, okay, I need you to go and reconcile. Or maybe you're you're applying for a job and it's not the right job for you, but it makes more money than this one. But this is the one God wants for you. And so he says, I want you to deny that job. And I want you to, but God, I really want this job. Or maybe it's a, a thing that you used to be able to do that now... Your friend can watch a certain Netflix show, but every time you turn on the Holy Spirit, convicts you. And you think, oh, I hate that reality. I shared this in the first service and many of you have heard it already, but I was at Home Depot this last Saturday and Ezra and I were there and we, our little dog via, big dog via, is, is just ruining our whole backyard. And so I thought, I'm gonna build a fence and keep her trapped in the corner. <laughs> and we thought, okay, we're gonna build this cedar fence and I want it to be beautiful and I had the project in my mind. And Ezra and I went around Home Depot for about you know two hours and he's a little champ. He's doing math with me and he's helping me and we get to the checkout line and it, you know, it was about $250 and I got up to the checkout line I just felt the Holy Spirit just convict me. He said, and this is what I felt him say to me, Ryan, why are you using my money in such an unhealthy way? Why are you spending your money on something that you want not something that you need. You don't need that fence. You have that black fence at your house. You could use that and say, you don't need it. And I just felt, God, tell me, Ryan, I need you to take a step of faith here. Listen to my voice. And my answer to you is no, you cannot build that cedar fence. And I called my wife and Ezra sitting next to me and it's kind of funny, this is what Ezra said. Ezra goes, dad, is mom telling you you can't spend money again? <laughs> Is mom telling you no? I said, no, she's not telling me no. I'm in charge. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Uh, She's in charge, but whatever. And I said, no, son. I said, I just like the Holy Spirit's challenging me on whether or not we should spend this much money on this fence. I don't think that we necessarily need the fence. We can find another way to do it. And I'm asking the Holy Spirit what I should do. And I'm talking to mom and I wanna make a right decision. And so I said, ultimately, I said, you know what? It's just not a good use of money. And I was angry about this. I was upset. I went home and I started doing the the, the third option that we had planned. And I was actually, if you ask Brea, I was frustrated. Yeah, why are you frustrated? I'm a little frustrated with the Holy Spirit right now. Like I wanted the fence and he said, no. And I know it's just a small thing. I know it's just 250 bucks. And at the end of the day, if I ended up doing it and disobeying him, I'm sure I probably, you know, wouldn't have learned the lesson and he'd forgive me and everything would be good. But I just feel like those are a moment where I realize that following after the leading of the Holy Spirit isn't always just into my destiny. I'm not always taking these steps of, of God into the massive prosperity for my life. Sometimes God is asking you to do things in your life that is less to, to do with where you're going and more to do with what's happening on the inside of your heart. And being led by the Spirit can ultimately be a challenge. Because once we crucify our sinful desires in our nature, now we're being led by the Spirit. And at times, he's going to ask you to do things that maybe doesn't sit right with your sinful nature, but he's doing it for a purpose. Look at the scripture in Galatians 5. Uh, He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in. Look at that, keep in step with the Spirit. So he's not keeping step with us. We're keeping in step with him. Notice it's a step. It's a step. Every single step. It's a moment by moment. Not these big leaps into the promised land. It's little tiny steps we take, inching ourselves towards the freedom that God wants for our life. It might be something big, like a new career, or something small, like don't look that direction, or something smaller, like don't spend that money, or something small, like don't have that attitude, or something small, like don't talk to your, this person like that, or something small, serve that individual. Or it might be big, a new career, a new marriage, or a relationship leading to marriage, or Whatever it might be, it's either big or it's small. Every single step that we take is teaching us something on the inside. This big word called trust He's teaching us with every small step and every big step that we have to trust in him that he's leading us towards freedom, that even when I don't get to step into the big thing or the grandiose thing or the large thing, but I just take a small step of obedience towards his spirit, that he's teaching me something so valuable in my life. It's called trust. He's teaching us to trust in him. As I was just processing this message this week, I was reminded of the Old Testament with the people of Israel. And the people of Israel had lived in, God's people had lived in Egypt for hundreds of years. And one day God heard their cry and he wanted to set them free. And so he sent Moses to come to the people of Israel. And it's very uh, this connects very well to our spiritual journey where God heard our cry for him. And he pulled us out of Egypt and started us on a journey towards freedom in our life, journeying towards the promised land that God has for us. And so what he did was, is he called the people of Israel out of Egypt. And what he did was, is he wanted to lead them to where? The promised land to freedom, to the life that he intended for them to have. That's what God has us on this journey. But as he started from day one, look what God said to his people. He said, the Israelites left Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. Look at this. The Lord went ahead of them. He guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night and the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of fire from its place in front of the people from very the, the very first day of being called out of Egypt into this new life. They were being led by God, being guided and being led by the Spirit of God on the journey towards freedom in their life. From the very, very beginning, God began to lead them to the place of abundance in their life. But it's very fascinating that just three days into their journey, God led them on this journey, but it only should have taken 11 days for them to get from the very beginning of their journey to the very first time before they sent spies into the promised land. It only should have taken, it was an 11 day journey, but it took them two years to get there. Then, when they didn't go into the promised land out of a lack of trust in God, it took them another 38 years to get once again to the promised land. Why did it take them so long when it should have taken them 11 days, but it took them two years? Why? Because God was trying to prepare them for their promised land. On the journey of life, he was leading them, not just directly, 11 days into the promised land. Every single step they took, he was taking them on a journey to teach them that they needed to trust in the Lord. Look what this verse says in uh, in, in Exodus 15. Three days in, Moses led the people of Israel. God was leading them with a cloud by day and the fire by night from the Red Sea and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days, look at this, God leading them. They traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came into Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? God led them into the wilderness. God led them into a place where there was no water. God led them into a place where the water was bitter. God led them into a place where it was dry and it was a bit of a wilderness. You say, God, Ryan, why would God do that? Because he wants you to learn to trust in him. He led them to this place and they begin to, they begin to complain and get frustrated, and God, there's no water here, and God, it's bitter, and later on, God, we're so hungry, and then God provided manna. Oh, God, the manna, we don't want any more manna. We want meat. I want to go back to Egypt. I want what Egypt has for me. God, I want the old life. God, I want the old way. Why? Because when God leads us, he doesn't always lead us into this idea of prosperity. I wanna teach you something today. You have to hear me. There is this idea, this myth that every step God leads us into is this green grass. Sometimes he leads us into a place so that we will stop putting our affection, affection and our identity on where we are and instead put it in Jesus. He wants to lead us into seasons where we say, oh my gosh, there's no water here. And I don't understand how this doesn't make any sense. And why did this happen? God, did I hear from you? He says, yes, son, yes, daughter. I'm trying to teach you that in this season, I can sustain you and you can trust in me and you can put your hope in me and you can constantly and freely trust that I am your identity. I am your security, I am your provision. I am your help, your present help in time of need. Not your job, not your career, not your car, not your house, not your checkbook. No, Jesus, I can put my trust in the Lord. He wants to lead you into these places. And he's putting you sometimes and leading you into wilderness seasons to challenge you so that you'll learn to trust in the Lord. And when he leads us into these places, we find that that is what's challenging our lives is do I really trust that I heard from the Lord? 40 years later, the entire older generation of the people of Israel died in the wilderness. They died. They were no longer there. They were no longer able to go into the promised land 40 years later, and the question's why? Because the Bible says they didn't trust in the Lord. Moses didn't even get to go in because he didn't trust in the Lord. Look what the verse says, but even, this is what Moses says to the people of Israel, 40 years looking at the promised land, even after all that God did, you refuse to trust the larger God who goes before you. He's looking for the best places for you to camp. He's guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying to you today? The purpose of being led by the Spirit isn't just so that you can live this perfect life, it's so that you can learn to trust in your Father. You can learn to trust in God. You can learn to put your hope in Him and trust in Him. And sometimes you might be here today saying, God, well, did, did God, did I not hear the Lord? Was I off base because I'm in this hard situation? Let me give you a way to determine that. Did you make the decision because you were following yourself? Was it about your checkbook or was it about your reputation or was it about making you look better or was it about you? If it was about you, yeah, you probably didn't hear from God. But if the decision was, I want to make this choice, God, because I want to bring you glory. I'm going to make this choice, God, because I know that it might not be the easiest route, but I know I'm being obedient to you. If you're making a decision to follow the Lord because you're saying, I'm not following my selfish desires. I'm following the Spirit's desires. I want you to know today, just because it's hard doesn't mean it's God. Just because it's difficult and just because it's dry And just because it feels like you don't know what's going to happen, the history of the people of Israel was that God was faithful to provide for his children. He provided in every circumstance when they put their trust in him. And what was the purpose of learning to trust in the Lord? What was the goal of why we trust in him? Because he wants to develop this thing in you called the fruits of the Spirit. Now, Brea, the other day, said to me, I was lacking some patience. And she said, Dad, exercise the fruit of patience. And I appreciate my daughter challenging with God's word. I'll take it every day. But the point of her thought was maybe a little off. And sometimes we think that when we're going through a tough situation, we just grab the fruit of patience and we eat it. We're like, "Okay, I can be patient now. No, it's not an emotion you express in a moment. It's an internal framework that God develops by leading you into seasons that require patience. And so we say that these are the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. These things are things we just express when we need them. These are character frameworks that God builds into you by leading you into seasons of the wilderness. So if God wants to teach you the character quality of patience, He's going to put you in situations that you need to be patient. If God's gonna develop in you a gentleness or a joy or a peace, he's gonna lead you into seasons where you need to cultivate joy, the fruit of joy and peace. And as you trust in the Lord, he develops you to be more like him so that he's preparing you for the ultimate purposes that God has for your life. So that when you get to the things that God has for you, you're able to face circumstances that you're facing with the patience and the gentleness and the joy and the kindness and the faithfulness that you need to be able to carry the burden the promised land for your life. So he's cultivating in us. He's changing us. As we trust in him. He's developing these fruits in our lives. And this isn't just what we do. This is who we are. People who are led by the spirit, who are fruits of the spirit. We've cultivated that into our life. The only way to produce these fruits in your life is to be led into situations where you need them And I want to just tell you from personal experience, someone who spent many years in sin's prison, God is going to continue to lead you into situations until you can learn to cultivate that fruit. Why am I here again? It feels like I keep going in this circle. It feels like I, I feel like God's had me here before. Maybe it's because there is a development of fruit in your life that you have not allowed to fully cultivate by saying yes to the Spirit and I trust in you. You're going to keep going around from place to place in the wilderness until you say, okay, God, I need to be more patient. Lord, I'm going to respond correctly to your word and to your voice in this season. I ain't going to go through this wilderness again without being responsive to your word. So that when I come out of this season that you have me in, I'll be the person that you've called me to be. Here's a a thought. The purpose of the pressure is freedom. God takes you through these seasons and leads you into these steps cultivate in you a trust in the Lord. And as you trust in the Lord, you begin to become more like Him. And when you're more like Jesus, you experience the freedom that He intended for you. Look at this. This is how it works. Look at this cycle here. The Holy Spirit, He leads you. And teaches, teaching you to trust in Him so He can develop His fruits in your lives. And He's gonna keep going through this journey until you can learn in your life these areas. And then all of a sudden you begin, to become more like Jesus. So you will experience the true freedom He has for you. It doesn't just, every step you take is like, oh, I'm in the promise line now, I'm in a perfect marriage, yay! I'm in a perfect job, hallelujah. I'm in my promise line, no, 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 The promise line comes when you die, folks, and get into heaven. <laughs> We are on a journey for the, 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 the journey of our life is ultimately about this one thing, to experience the freedom in God, to make Him my inheritance, to make Him my destiny, that He is my provision, that the grass ain't never greener on the other side. He's my green grass, and I find that I, my identity is in Him, and I trust in Him, and I become more like Him, and I experience the freedom that He intended for me. The best part about this is that when Paul wrote this verse, verse 15 and verse 26, verse 15 of Galatians 5 and verse 26 of Galatians 5, both talk about relationships. He, it's like the bread over the meat of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and the reason he did that, because he wants you to know that when you are free to walk as God wants you to walk, as you're experiencing the transformation of God through trusting in Him, it benefits your relationships. It benefits your marriages. You say, right, how do I have a better marriage? Start crucifying your simple natures. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. Let him lead you. what well, that doesn't sound very fun. Well, it's not fun, but it leads to the freedom that God intended for your life. And now you're that husband or you're that wife or you're that father, you're that mother or you're that teacher or that friend or that, that son or daughter that begins to experience the abundance of what it's like to be like Jesus and the freedom of God in your life. And then your relationships, you begin to serve one another with love because because you're not serving yourself, you're serving the Spirit. It impacts not just you, but your whole social structure. God begins to bless you and He begins to give you more opportunities and He leads you down the path of righteousness and you begin to experience everything that God intended for your life, which is the purpose of why we're on the planet, to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ with how we live our lives. To expand His kingdom, to experience His joy and His peace and bring glory to God. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Father, we just pray. Father, for those who are watching today, Lord, who are frustrated by this message, I get it. (laughs) We're dealing still with some of these passions and desires. Lord, they just can't seem to crucify them. I know what that's like, Lord, and I just pray for grace. I pray for strength. Lord, I pray that you would even right now root out, the areas of their life, God, that have kept them from saying yes to the Spirit. Areas of fear, areas of of discouragement, areas of, of doubt, God, areas in their life right now. I pray for those, God, who are in the place where they're saying yes to the Holy Spirit, but God, you're calling them into something or asking them to do something that is ultimately frustrating, God, because you're requiring us to trust in you. God, help them to say yes and to trust in you fully because freedom lives on the other side of your yes. Lord, I pray for those watching today, God, who don't know you. They watch today and they say, God, I want freedom. All we have to do is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and the Bible says you will be saved. Father, I just pray for those people today. Give them the courage and the strength, Father, to serve you, to follow after you and to experience true freedom. I pray for true freedom for their lives. In the mighty and the powerful name of Jesus Christ, amen. Come on, if you gave your life to Jesus, or would like to give your life to Jesus today, or you need prayer in your life, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to talk with you. We'd love to introduce you to our our Discover uh, directors, uh, Vincent, Justine, Paul, as well as we'd love to pray with you. So you can just email us at info at lovecitychurch.ca, and we'd love to get connected to you and find out more about your life and, and what's going on in your world. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.